following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Didn't get pulled over coming over here, at least. That's good. Didn't see a cop. Obeyed all the speed limit signs, kind of. <laughs> Still pisses me off. People were really, really... Did that actually happen? Like, I've gotten that... I've gotten that a lot since Friday. Yeah, I don't know. You probably want to tell the story, I suppose, for the people oh, that didn't see your I mean, I, th- I think most everybody that, that listens is probably Facebook friends with either one of us, and... The fact that I got pulled over, we, but me driving, on our way to a game in Sun Prairie in the middle of Cottage Grove with a, a cop sitting right near the 35-mile-an-hour sign saying he clocked me at 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he said, yeah, he. you told him you were going... I, I thought I was going... I looked what, down immediately, and so I thought I had myself at 33. Yeah, so you told him that, and then he said he actually has you at 36, and you said, but I saw you park next to the 35-mile-per-hour speed limit. So the guy takes your info and walks away, and then he comes back and says, well, actually, the 35-mile-an-hour speed limit doesn't start until you get past my car, which is like... Okay, could you have come up with a lamer fucking story than that to try to justify what you're doing right now? And I bet his supervisor, who was standing right over his shoulder yeah. when they got back to the car, probably had to tell him that. Yeah, knew. Well, they knew they were. They knew that they were busted more than we were busted. Like you know. Well, and, and well, but the funny part was he comes back and tells you that, and you didn't say it because we just wanted to get the hell out of there because we had to get to our game. But I wanted to be like, okay, well then, what was the speed limit? Was it 25, so you're not going to give me a ticket for going 11 over? Or was it actually like 40, and maybe I was going under the speed limit, but you're playing games? I, you know, I I had to laugh at the couple people, and I, and I didn't know these people, and I don't, you know, I didn't click on it to see what their livelihoods are or anything. But the the people in your comments that said that he the cop was just doing his job. That's no he wasn't. That that's that, a, that's, that's an aspiring police officer. Yeah, that that's that guy. You couldn't be more wrong. That is one of the reasons and I, I have friends that are cops and I know and I have friends' dads who are cops and 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 I know you the same Carl. as me. And I'm in no way anti cop. But that's the kind of shit that makes people not like cops. So it's exactly what Carl said to me when he texted me asking yeah. me if that was true. Yeah. Because I told that him that gives all the other people that are doing the right thing that gives them the bad, the black eye. Because he he asked me for you know did that actually happen and I just kind of recounted the story that that we told with all those details and whatever and he goes you know you actually have a total of five hundred feet uh, leeway between. From to and from the sign, sure. Where, you got, yeah, you gotta be able to slow down if you don't see the sign until if it's dark or something. You, you know. Do you think I was a football field and a half, probably within that sign by yeah. the time he clocked me? Oh, easily. That's what I easily. said because we were we were five hundred yards down the road before he even turned his lights on. Right. Because yes. you you said, I think that guy is going to pull me over, and I said why, and you go, I don't know. 
I'm going 33. But we were the only two cars <laughs> yeah. in front of him. Right. And I just had a feeling that that, that, that was it. Yeah. So Pretty dumb. But but I told that story to Carl, and he and he, he goes, you know, it's by text. He says, you know, um, um, SMH, you know, shake, mm-hmm. shaking my head. He, mm-hmm. And he said, that's the kind of stuff that gives police officers why people don't like us. Now, I think it was pretty obvious, and, you know, you pointed it out in real time while we're sitting there, that this appeared to be a training exercise for this guy with a, with somebody standing over his shoulder making sure he was doing the right things, and I get that. But do it on a real stop. Don't Don't waste our time. Run your license your insurance your proof of registration give you a warning like for what or find somebody that is actually egregiously speeding that's what i'm saying like just go down the real stop go down the road to that to those roundabouts where yeah where the belt liar where 94 is yeah holy shit you could probably find a lot of people in there that are freaking flying through there you know but then and then it was kind of justified, at least to me, that that was, was complete bullshit when we were going back through the same stretch of road on the way home, and they had somebody pulled yeah. over yeah. on the other side of town. So they were playing their little game. Just going back and forth, pulling people over, yeah. getting exercise, talking to people, writing them up, giving them warnings, scanning their info, doing yeah. all that bullshit. And the best was when we got to the game and I was talking to Jack Hogue about it, and he said, oh, thank you. I'll get him out of that. That's no problem. They can't do that. So I was like, yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. <laughs> just just another excited and I'm I was thinking about that this weekend. I mean, we've covered what? In five and a half years. Over two hundred games. It's the first time yeah. I've been pulled over. Yeah. Which Pretty is good. Yeah, I would think. Mm-hmm. Right? For all the communities that we've gone to and probably in the high rates of speed that we do to get where we're going and then getting home. Mm-hmm. But we have had two cracked windshields as well. Yes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Unbelievable! Right out of your pocket. Yep, I'm gonna have to see if that's 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 an expensable thing at the radio station. See if we could partner with a a client to get a, a new windshield. Yeah, since, you never since know. It's not the company vehicle, never but know. all right, that's the uh, start to the intentional foul this week. The Super Bowl edition. We'll go through some NFL stuff and a lot of hirings. There's, I think, there's no more coaching vacancies after. After the last 24 hours, yeah, I believe, I think right? Yeah, right. I think you're right. I think yeah. I've, I've, every team has hired a new head coach. I think yeah. I think that's it. Um, we'll obviously touch on the Bucks. They're playing the Lakers late tonight as we record this on a Tuesday. Uh, Dan will have some NBA notes. The Badgers are going to have just tipped off. Marquette's in action. They're at halftime right now um, against UConn as we record this. And then we'll we'll do a little bracketology before we uh, we sign off for the night. So... Super Bowl LV1. Yeah, I think that's 56. 56. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I lose track Just after. Just put the damn numbers up. Thank you. Like, it got to, it, it's you. to the point now where, like, once we're out of the, once we move away from all the X's, like L's and V's and, no, just if it's no longer recognizable. Once it got to fifty, they should have just turned it into numbers. To the untrained eye, yeah. Then you can just use the actual numerals. Yeah. When I have to think about it. No, no. Super Bowl Fifty Six is. I think that's where we are. So, Rams and Bengals. Um, Rams are are the favorite right now, and uh, it costs a pretty penny to go out to L.A. for a uh, what's going to be a Rams home game, basically. Second time in uh, two years that there's a home game, and then before that it went like 
30 or yeah. some years or something like that. Yeah, man, funny um, how that happens, yeah, right? Yeah, very, very weird. So The Rams move to L.A. and Brady goes to Tampa, and those two teams host Super Bowls. How about that? Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, um, tickets? Well, it's been, a, it's been a relatively quiet, I don't know, what, eight days? It's very uneventful. Le- leading up to the game, mm-hmm. I mean... Not, not that I, you know, we're looking for a Eugene Robinson or a Barrett <laughs> Robbins or you know one of these off the reservation situations where a guy's committing a crime. We did have a crime at the Pro Bowl. No kidding. Um, Good involving God. Alvin Kamara and his and his buddies basically beating a guy to a pulp and knocking him unconscious, and that's going to cost Kamara some games and some money. And it's Vegas, and they're a little different out there. He could even see some jail time, but. I don't know the Super Bowl kind of lead up. It's 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 been weirdly quiet, and I guess neither team really has any big personalities. I mean, you know, I I think Odell Beckham is a big personality on Sundays, but not so much during the week. Like he's not really a guy low that key otherwise we've heard chirping a lot. Yeah, obviously Stafford's not that kind of guy. I mean, Joe Burrow a little bit, but it's so new that. I don't know. I guess it's not standing out, but I'll be, you know, I what, media day tomorrow, or is that Wednesday? Is that tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow's so, Wednesday. Sounds right. Media day, I think, is tomorrow, so maybe you'll get a little bit of something out of that. But I haven't even heard or seen anything like, usually Twitter's all blown up with interviews and stuff, like mm-hmm. Radio Row yeah. stuff. Are they not doing that because of COVID? It could it's be. California? It very well could be. I don't know. I, because probably n- true. Normally, I see so many shows out there and booking guests and just yep. people wandering around. You know, looking for interviews. I haven't seen any of that this no, week in two either. days. But, so. uh, you know, it's kind of, in a way, it's a little refreshing. It's kind of like, okay, we all got a week off. Right. Um, now we're in, we're almost, you know, we're three and a half, four days away from the Super Bowl now, and it's kind of just about the game. Right. You know, which is kind of refreshing. It is nice. And I just hope the game doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. You know, just like any other year. I mean, I've, I I don't really have a dog in the fight. I hope, you know, I hope Cincinnati wins. I think that's that's a cool story. I mean, the Rams on paper to me have have the better team. Obviously, they've they've got more of a um, highly paid position players at their at their respective groups. But you know, I I like an underdog, and I think Cincinnati's been been the good story. The Rams should be there. You know, the Bengals probably not. Yeah, a little, little early. Yeah. for them. But you know, I think I think that's a good story. So I, you know, I and, and I'd like to see Burrow do the Heisman National Championship Super Bowl thing. I think I think that that trifecta early on in his career would be cool. Um, I have no interest in going to the game, especially to pay four thousand four hundred seventy-five dollars. Yeah, I, I looked before you got here at the lowest price ticket on StubHub. The lowest. Yep, forty-four seventy-five. For a single ticket, um, we've and we've talked about this before, but it, it just that is the one that and the um, NCAA national championship games, both for football and basketball, because they're just the one game. They've become so corporate that it's really, really hard for the average guy to go to that game and cheer for their team. Um, I mean. It, what what would you? I mean, you've seen the Packers win Super Bowls. Obviously, you've never been to the game. I mean, what would what would be the high end that you would pay to go to a Super Bowl? I mean, considering you got to do hotel and 
flight and all kinds of stuff on top of the game ticket. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, maybe, you know, if I had a chance to save up, maybe six, seven hundred bucks, something like that yeah. for, for one game. Yeah. You know, but I mean, when you factor in all the other stuff, I mean, if you're looking at a couple of grand just for the experience, you know, I mean, me in my position and, and with two kids, I, I can't blow that much money on a sporting event. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the point. You know, a dad and his son want to go to the game. Yeah. It's a 10, it's, you know, it's like taking out a second mortgage for most people. I mean, most people just don't have 10 to 15 grand sitting around that, they can spend on a weekend. I mean, I would probably go as high as a grand. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Bears were to make the Super Bowl and it was in like a cool place, I don't know that I'd want to go to Tampa. I don't know that I'd want to go to Jacksonville. I'd go to Dallas to go to Jerry World. I'd go to L.A. Would you go to Vegas? Uh, I'd go to Vegas. You know, I don't think I'd go to New York. You know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was trying to remember back. I was talking to my dad about it today. I think we paid around 400 for those Game 4 finals tickets, about 400 apiece. Um, you know, and, and I would certainly do that again, no, no questions asked. I'd even go a little higher than that to go to a, a finals game again. But I'd pay a couple hundred for a World Series ticket that yep, wasn't you know sure. that wasn't in the lower bowl, at least to get you in the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's there's not a bad seat, probably like the Fiserv. I don't know where you guys sat, but I'm sure you you had a decent view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for the, for that price. But you know, the Super Bowl just to get in and sit second row from the top, I for that amount of money well, and I just, I'm just such a firm believer that football is the all, it's the ultimate TV sport. For sure. I think the experience of watching it on TV is way better than being there. I know it's fun to get drunk and, you know, yell and scream with the people in your section, but, you know, all of the things that TV allows you with, you know, different angles, seeing replays, hearing about what the hell's going on on the field when you're at the stadium and you don't know. You know, the timeouts, you can get up and go take a leak. Where at a Super Bowl, like, you know, you probably can't do that and get back in time for the, right. you know, resumption of the game. So, yeah, I mean, it would be fun to do, I guess. It's kind of a bucket list thing, but, I, you know, I would much rather spend 1000 to go, you know, Game 7 bucks at home in the sure. finals, Brewer World Series. I mean, shit, I'd, I'd pay... Um, I'd pay that kind of money to see Marquette in the national title game. There you go. You know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I know when the radio station we had planned on that year that they got to the NLCS, you know, we had to start planning on, uh, and, so, and so did the Brewers, you know, with the radio network talking to their affiliates about who wants World Series tickets because if you, you know, trade out and pay for that ticket package, you are due an opportunity to get those tickets. Mm-hmm. and. You know, it had to be circulated around the office. Would you want some? And and you, know, you probably had, did you you had to buy them, correct? correct. Yeah, I mean they were discounted. Sure, sure. But you know, the, we we had to buy them. They were not given to us. And, those, so. and for people that don't know, that's like eight rows behind the plate. Yes, yeah, sweet for good seats, sweet seats. Yeah. So you know, Jane and I had to like talk about it because I said, hey, I don't know if this is going to come along again in my lifetime. Right. If they get there. You know, we might have to blow some of our savings and try and, you know, kick in a little bit for a vacation we have planned because I don't want to pass this up. You know, they're only going to have a couple of home games. I want to at least go to one of them. Yeah. And and the seats for that and the opportunity to be there. Do you remember what they were going for? Oh, God, what did Mike O'Brien tell me? Um, 
I want to say they might at the discounted price, they might have been like th- 275 or 350 a piece. Okay. Okay. That's that for where that is, that's pretty reasonable. It's very it's very reasonable yeah. especially at at the discount and you know, it's you know, that's one of those things where it's like, oh man, I'm not sure how we can justify that, but we're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, can't pass up that no, opportunity. No. And that's what I went through last summer with the Bucks. I mean, you know, if me and my dad have that memory and that experience that's worth five hundred dollars easily. But, I, but I'm not blowing six thousand no. dollars on a ticket, hotel, and car to go out to the Super Bowl to some. And other. you haven't even ate yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's the thing. Like people just look at the ticket. And it's like no, no, no. You got to pay. You got to fly there. You got to get a hotel probably a year in advance with jacked up rates. Every freaking restaurant you go to, everything you that. eat, everything you drink, every right every activity you want to do, you want to go and see yeah. this uh, this NFL exhibit. It's yeah, all going to cost money. Yep, man. Yeah, I I just it's it's got it's probably to the point where unless you work for a big business or you're independently wealthy, you just ain't going to Super Bowl. Yep. And that and that you're sucks. And that sucks because that's. You know, they want our money all year long, and then they get to the game that matters, and it's like, ah, sorry, this is for rich people. Right. That blows. Yeah. Um, you picked the Rams. I know you got them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with the Rams to win, but my heart's with the Bengals. And my wallet is a little bit with the Bengals, too, because <laughs> I got a lot of Joe Burrow rookie cards, and if he wins the title, they go up. Mm, so I like okay. that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go with the underdog. I'm not sure that they're going to win, but I'm going to pick them. Um, obviously, you know, you, you, you pick them, you, you forget the point spread, but I got them probably by, by two or three, yeah. you know, late field goal, something like that, or Rams have to come back and they can't do it, you know, so, something like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that, 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 that would be my pick. Yeah. If the Rams win, I, I would go with Stafford as an MVP. I think if the Bengals win, it's probably going to be Burrow. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't think this is, uh, you know, unless Chase Young went ballistic. But, again, it's one of those things with, with wide receivers in the Super Bowl. If the wide receiver goes ballistic, the quarterback's numbers look great, too. True, know? but if he only throws three touchdowns and all three of them go to go go to Chase. Yeah, I'd have to look. I think the last wide receiver to be Super Bowl MVP might be Jerry Rice, like late 80s. Well, Desmond Howard was a wide receiver. Yeah, but that's but, not why he won it. He won it as a, he wanted right. as a kick returner. Yes. So it's usually a quarterback. Once in a great while, we've had a defensive player, but that's really, really the rare. Cowboys had one. I think the Raiders. Bears had one. had one. Richard Dent. Yeah. In, in '85. So you know, Aaron. You know, could Aaron Donald have four sacks? Could Jalen Ramsey pick two passes off and have a pick six? Sure. But usually, it, it just mm-hmm. seems like it's kind of anything in football anymore where, where it's an MVP level award it just seems to go to the quarterback yeah so so I would go with burrow if the Bengals happen to win that unless unless all of his touchdown passes go to chase so or Joe Mixon runs for three touchdowns and, yeah. and it doesn't punch any women while he's doing it yeah I haven't forgot about that I Joe shouldn't, Mixon shouldn't laugh but that was funny that was funny um are you because obviously we we talk about this on on the radio and whatnot? Are you a big are you a big commercial guy or does that is that whatever that um, doesn't really do it for you anymore? Because it, it doesn't do much for me anymore, honestly. Because I feel like all the stuff has been either leaked 
spoiled with trailers or even there are going to be some out in the leading days up where it's like, I just saw this a couple days ago, where it's like, I know beforehand, maybe decade, 15 years ago, when we would all be gathering for the Super Bowl, it would be, all right, quiet, 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 quiet. And then you'd be a complete silence to watch the commercials. I just don't feel like that's the case anymore. Like you talk during the game. Yeah, I just, I think a lot of these companies now, it seems like most of the commercials that I see on Super Bowl Sunday, I either, number one, have no fucking idea what the product even is. That's fair. Because they really don't hardly even tell you or show you in the commercial. It's all about this other stuff. It's a story or yep. the character while they don't even mention the product or service. So it's either that okay. or it, or it's it's just dumb. It's just dumb. I mean, listen, we we are of the age where we grew up in the golden era in the late 80s and 90s of, of commercials that are just classic. I mean... The Budweiser Frogs, the What's Up Dudes. I mean, it don't get no better than Bud Bowl. Remember the Bud Bowl? <laughs> Absolutely. It don't get no better than the Bud Bowl. It was an actual four-quarters game that would be played during commercials of the Super Bowl. With beer bottles. With beer bottles. Yeah, that's right. And they had a giant beer bottle named the Freezer because <laughs> they couldn't use the fridge. I mean, it was it was fantastic. It's just hard for me to see much of this stuff now. It really does much for me. I mean, you know, there's a couple every year that are like, oh, that's kind of funny. But they're not that memorable, you know. They're just not. Usually, like, and, I mean, we have to be to work on Monday. And unless I write them down, I've probably forgotten three-quarters of them. Like Mountain Dew or Doritos Doritos. might have something. or It's kind of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But it's not memorable. Like you say, I don't remember it a week later. No. You know, I remember, was it last year or the year before, like, I think it was Tide that did, like, a continuing storybook kind of thing. Like, there was one episode and then another episode mm-hmm. and then something like that. And they just wanted to continue. But by the time we got to the third one, I forgot what happened in the previous two. Yeah. Because you didn't know it was the story. No. Because <laughs> yeah, there's someone's like, oh, yeah, I got to continue that. What happened again? Yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. So, um, I'll be curious. I mean, I always am. I think there was... It was a cost for a commercial this year is $7 million. Boy. Man, that's nuts. You think a Super Bowl ticket is pricey. Jesus. Yeah, don't. You can bring down the ticket price if you're making $7 million for a 30 or 60 second Well, spot. and that doesn't even factor in how much it costs to make it. No. No. And how much you've paid the people yeah. to be in it. Like these Hollywood the, these trailer cat- level car commercials. It's like this shit that costs ten million to make, and then it's seven million to get it on the air. For one, and then one I, I don't even know what you're selling me. At the end, it just says Audi. Like what? What? What the fuck kind of car is it? What does it do? <laughs> oh man! All right, so um, we're gonna probably think me and Vegas are gonna over some prop bets probably Thursday or Friday because to me those are the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know what? What color is the Gatorade gonna be? You know is the is the is the is the shortest draw offensive drive that that scores a touchdown? Is that going to be shorter or longer than the national anthem took? On a, you know, on something a, like that. On a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. How high is Snoop during the halftime performance? Okay, glad you brought that up. There is a collective of awesome talent from when we were growing up that I think if you and I were told back in two thousand five six ish. That all these 
these people were going to perform, we would have been like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And now you hear it, and it's like, oh, my God, these people are all getting together. But you're not really sure if it's going to be good or not. Oh, it'll be good. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it'll be good. Okay. These guys still perform all the time. And they're still kind of in their – I mean, you know, for the most part, they're kind of still all in their prime. It's late prime, but it's still prime. All right. You know, they're not 65. I mean, I'm just worried. I'm I'm, I'm worried that the show's just going to fall flat on its face. I, I think it's going to be pretty great. I okay. honestly do. I think that I think these guys understand the moment. I mean, look, if you'd have told Snoop Dogg and Dre in 92 when Snoop Dogg was on a freaking murder trial right. that he was going to be freaking the halftime show at Super Bowl 56 and 25 years later or whatever, 30 years later. I don't think they would have believed you. So I think those guys are smart enough to know the moment. But it's it's Snoop Dre, Kendrick Eminem, Lamar, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Mary J. I mean, some, I don't know. If I, I, I don't know how it can be bad. That's what I was kind of thinking. Those I songs, just, those songs that we all know and grew up with, are going to hit. And like normally, I don't pay any attention to the halftime shows. I just, I, I don't. I'm not a halftime show guy. I just don't both. really care. Yep. I want to watch this. I'm going to watch this. Same. You know? Like, like I have watched the last couple because Jane is interested. Mm-hmm. You know, she is like, oh, I can't wait for the ham. I'm like, really? I'll be upstairs getting reloading yeah, my nachos. Exactly. Halftime for me is get some dip, you know, take take a bathroom break, slam a beer or two, you know, eat some more dip. Yep. Maybe, maybe play a card game, a drinking game with somebody, and then it's like, oh, shit, I just missed the first six minutes of the third quarter. I got to start watching <laughs> Back it up. Yeah, yeah. Get out. Rewind that. Yes. But no, no I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching this one. I, th- I think this will be good. All right. All right. Um, the uh, Our two teams rounded out their, their coaching uh, trees and, and, and availability. Um, I, you, you can take it away for the, for, for the Bears stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I reported on the special teams coach, but I don't know really anything about him or the tight ends coach. So they got a new tight end coach. Uh, a guy named Jim Dre from Arizona. Never heard of him. They got a new D-back coach. I never heard of him. I don't even remember where he's from. The special teams coach, Richard Hightower from the Niners, is an interesting hire to me because all they were talking about in the first two Niner playoff games was how fucking bad their special teams was. And they said going into the Packer game, that Kyle Shanahan felt the Packers were the only team they might have a special teams advantage on. To outworst them. So, like, that's a little head-scratching of a hire. Now, you know, could it have been a personnel thing? Like, I think part of it was with the Packers for, you know, for the Niners. Maybe. But, I don't know. I just... I had heard bad things about that unit during the year, and now he's my team's new special teams coordinator, so I don't... But then they become, I don't know how I feel about they that. They become the first team in 30-some years to block a field goal and a punt. But is that, because, the, of the, is that because of the stink of the Packers? I know. Or is that because I get it. you figured something out? I don't know. It just seems to be the trendy, you know, the hot thing. It's like, oh, they got to be good. They beat they beat the number one seed thanks to that. They must be good. It's well, like the old Herb Cole mantra. That guy kills us. Let's sign him. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I uh, we'll see on that. I don't know that the Bears have have the Bears special teams units. I guess been 
customarily weak the last couple they, of years? Uh, or I mean, they've been okay. I mean, you know, Tariq Cohen was a weapon, but he hasn't been there for two years. Mm-hmm. Then they got that um, Grant that ran the one oh, back. Yes. I mean, that guy's a water bug. That, yeah. So, you know, when they've fly. had guys, they've been okay. But, you know, they haven't been a – I mean – the, the field goal kicking was a complete shit show for a couple of years. Yes. They seem to have figured something out with Santos, at least. But I don't know. You, that's just one of those things you, you hope. It's like um, it's it's like how I feel about umpires and referees. I hope I never hear this guy's name again. Right. Because that means that the, the, that the special teams is fine. Doing his job. Yep. yep. I don't want to know the name of the special teams coach. That's I don't want to know it. That's fair. Um. And just while I'm on the subject, I got asked today because the Bears announced they were raising their season ticket prices by 6%, but that directly correlates to adding a ninth home game on the schedule next year, and that's, Mm -hmm. okay, you're paying this much more because we're adding a game. Makes sense. And in the same breath, somebody asked me at the radio station, um, when are they moving to Arlington Heights? And I said, I haven't read anything. I think that's... Still, even if that's going to happen, it's several. A, it's well, you got to build a stadium. Yeah, it's you a way to knock down right. the, 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 racetrack. the racetrack. They got to clear build a everything. Yeah. yeah, so and I mean, that's multiple years. Yeah, probably minimum five. And that's even before, or that's even after, you know, I'm sure the city tries to keep them where they are, mm-hmm. which will probably drag out for. They'll end up in court. Yeah, however long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't have an answer, but I haven't looked. And if nothing's been in, nothing's been reported in the media, then I don't, I don't really think anything is it's eminent prob- anyway. I would say it's two head coaches away. <laughs> so after after Eberflus gets fired in two years, they'll hire another guy who they'll fire, and then maybe then they'll move into a new place. Two GMs and two coaches, or one one GM because they seem to coaches. like to give that guy double the shots, a couple shots. Yeah, okay. So we'll All see. Right. All right, that's, that's fair. how confident I am. Uh, the Packers have filled out their coaching vacancies. Um, I don't know many of the position coaches. I did see that to replace their tight ends coach, they promoted somebody that had the title of senior analyst. I don't know what that is. Like Jack Ryan? Sure. I mean, <laughs> wasn't he a CIA senior analyst? Like that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> But it's like, I don't know what that position does in football. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether they've played football. I would hope. You know, maybe it's just one of these weird titles to get you on the staff because you have knowledge of the game or something like that until a coaching spot opens up. like passing coordinator or whatever the hell that is. What does that mean? I don't don't really understand any of that, but uh, that was just one of those things where he's, oh, it's an analyst to coaching a positional group. Okay. Um, So... And then they, they went out and they spent money on this special teams coach from Oakland who was the interim guy, who everybody seemed to like, not Oakland, Vegas, I'm sorry. Um, and the guy's ratings, he's done special teams for several different teams for 20 years, and they've pretty much, by and large, always been ranked in the top 10 of special teams. And they apparently paid a little bit of money to get this guy. Seems like a good hire, and, and yeah, a lot of the Raider players were really politicking and pushing for him to get that job yes. as the Raiders head coach. He obviously didn't get it, but, um, yeah, it seems like a good hire for them. Third special teams coach in three years for the Packers. Whether it solves it, maybe now we'll know whether it's personnel or they've just had really bad special teams coach mm-hmm. coordinators for the last however many years. So um, that's kind of really 
all that's been happening there, but I think the staff is is complete after that. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the other head coaching, I know we mentioned at the top of the show, um, was it last week the Jaguars hired Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. um, which seems very lukewarm to me, but I'm not sure that that owner knows It's gotten some happening. rave reviews. Really? Yeah, surprisingly, because okay. okay. he was in the mix for the Bears, and that was a guy that I did not want. A lot of people think he's going to be really good for Trevor Lawrence. Um, Leftwich pulled himself out of yep. contention for that, Yep, which I thought was a little odd unless Tampa Bay said, well, we're going to pay you something. Well, I who knows what Bruce Arians' Arians. future is. Yep. Maybe there's a promise there because Leftwich played for the Jags. Yeah, I know. So yes. for him to pull out of that, maybe there's maybe there's a promise in Tampa. Who knows? Right. Um, the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels, the Patriots, OC. Interesting hire. Um, second head coaching job, flamed out with the Broncos several years ago, really hasn't shown that he can succeed without Belichick, so this will be interesting. Because that Raiders team does have some talent, mm-hmm. but they're in a bitch of a division. And the Chiefs ain't going anywhere, the Chargers ain't going anywhere, and I think Denver is on the verge of getting good if they can find a quarterback. So... That'll be an interesting one. Dolphins hire Mike McDaniel, the OC from the Niners, another non-play-calling offensive coordinator. But people love these coaching trees. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the McVeighs, you've got the Paytons, and now you've got the Shanahans, which people try and pluck guys away from. A little bit of controversy with him. People were calling him a white guy. Apparently, he identifies as biracial, which apparently we have to worry about that now when we talk about who the coach of the team is. Uh, we we briefly touched on it last week. The Vikings hi- did end up hiring Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, another, another non-play guy. Yeah, another non-play caller. The Dennis Allen was promoted yep. from D coordinator to head coach for the Saints. I forgot how bad he was when he was with the Raiders. He was 8 and 28 in mm-hmm. 3 seasons. Terrible. Awful. Terrible. I think he very likely is one of these guys that's a great coordinator, but not not the CEO. You're going to find out because you've taken over a franchise that's been historically pretty good, but mostly thanks to a solid core, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. And now you've got a decent defense and a couple of guys. You don't know whether you're going to have Alvin Kamara. And after that, good luck. Right. And then in the shocker of, of oh, all man. the hires, the Texans hire Lovey Smith. Your boy. Um, I don't know where he was last year. I'm not sure if he was who he was with or what he was doing because he wasn't at Illinois. No. Because your boy took over there. <laughs> Bert. But, um, I mean, look, everything I know about Lovey Smith is he's a player's coach. They all The players love him. He has a lot of respect from guys that have played under him. I think that Texans franchise is looking for some stability, and I think, if nothing else, Lovey is stable. I don't think it's going to help him win any games because um, the talent pool there is pretty shallow. The interesting part is they fired a black guy. uh, What was it? David Culley, I think was his name. Um, Obviously, Lovey Smith is a black guy who they hire. Brian Flores comes out, or his lawyer's, put out a statement today that basically says the reason he wasn't hired was because of his current lawsuit with the NFL. Um, Well, duh. 
Oh, shit. Teams don't usually want to hire a guy who's suing the league. And, you know, if you guys had had any brain at all, you would have waited until this round of hiring was over before you filed your lawsuit because it would have looked a lot better and had a lot more merit. If you didn't get a job after all these guys got picked. Yep, and now you kind of come off. That's a little sour grapey to me. Um, I'm not surprised I, I that, that Flores now is without a job because I just don't think you can make that kind of a decision and then expect to still be given an opportunity to coach somebody's team, at least not this year. Same reason why Deshaun Watson didn't play quarterback That's because right. he's in the middle of all these accusations yep. for all the bad stuff he did. Why Team, would you? Teams just don't want to touch that no. stuff. It's toxic. Once, once it's over and whatever happens, we'll talk. Yep. Not, but not not while we're in the, in the thick of it. No, right. So I think that's that is kind of the run, and then, like we said, there I don't think there are any more um, head coaching spots open. Oh, one last thing about football. Okay, did you see this thing with Kyler Murray? Yeah, unfollowed the Cardinals on Instagram, and then his agent was asked about it, and he said no comment. Well, first of all, isn't it hilarious that that's a thing? It happens with Giannis, though. It has the last couple of off-seasons. So Everybody funny. loses it's their shit. It's so funny to me that who someone follows or not. Right. Yeah, who who is the Hawkeye that is staring at Kyler Murray's follows? And as soon as Wait it drops one. Don't see the card. Like, what do you have, a screenshot of yesterday's so you can go back to today? Like, just bizarre. I don't know. And, okay, let's say he's mad at the Cardinals. Like, for what? What, what, what are you mad about? What did they do to him? Like, they went out and spent a bunch of money on J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and got you some veterans. You still choked. You, had a you, good, you sucked down the stretch. You had a good Pro Bowl. Are you gonna? Are you blaming uh, Kingsbury? Is this a, is this a uh, an offense thing, a Kingsbury thing? Like, you know, Hopkins got hurt, missed, like, the last four games. Like, who's that's nobody's fault. Like, I don't know. I I saw somebody say today that he wants the Josh Allen treatment. I don't know what that means. I don't know what Josh Allen gets in Buffalo that Murray's not getting in in Arizona. So I don't know. So I guess something to keep our eye on. But okay, who knows? That's weird. But I tell I, you, man, more and, more and is... more of these NFL players. We said it. I said it a couple years ago. They're watching the NBA, man. And they see how these players wield their power. And can orchestrate their way out of town. And they're trying to do it. Rodgers is trying to do it. Brady may be doing it because now he came out and said, well, never never say never about coming back. And there's all of a sudden these rumblings, well, you know, if the Niners trade Jimmy G, Brady could slide into San Francisco for a year. He's from there. It's his boyhood idol. He worshipped Joe Montana. I don't know. So that's exhausting. Yeah, player empowerment, man. It's come to the NFL. Get ready. Great. Well, let's move to the uh, the real player empowerment place and the Bucks because they have a, a chance tonight. And I know you said it last week. If they go two and two on this four game West Coast road trip, that it's a success. Well, they have piss pounded the first two teams, and they've won the last two meetings with the Lakers, who they got tonight, and then they wrap up with Phoenix, which. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see if my cousins are are down there and they're and they're gonna go to that game because they live down there. I would think that would probably be a a good one to go to 
you know, if, if you want to see mm-hmm. see uh, see a good basketball game. So go ahead and take it with the Bucks. Uh thirty four and twenty one. Um second in the East. They've won seven of their last ten. Um playing pretty well. Like you said, they, they beat Portland 137 to 108. They beat the Clippers 137 to 13. Um, they signed Greg Monroe to a 10-day contract, so they are averaging 137 points a game with Greg Monroe. Um, that's the way I choose to look at that. That's an It's an interesting signing. It's just a 10-day contract. Um, we'll see if... If he gets a second one, there, you can only give like two or three in a row before okay. um, that doesn't work anymore. That's kind of what they ran into with, with Cousins. Oh, right. Um, yes. uh-huh. But, yeah. you know, Monroe, obviously it's a different regime. It's a different coaching staff than when he was here a few years ago. But he does have a lot of familiarity with Giannis and Middleton, so that is that is very helpful. Um, and he's come in and hit the ground running. You know, he's played, I think, 16, 18 minutes each of the first two games. And, um, you know, just been kind of a nice body to throw in there when you want to spell Giannis or, or Bobby Portis um, um, during the game. Yeah, Lakers tonight at the Suns Thursday finals rematch home again against Portland on Monday, um, who are going to have pretty much a whole new roster when that happens on Monday. We'll get to that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, no but kidding. I saw a little bit of that. Lakers tonight, um, you know, I think they'll be very up for the Bucks. It's a TNT game. Um, you know, you're going to have the Bucks big three against uh, Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook. So I, I think that'll be a good game. If the Bucks lost that, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it'll be tough for the Bucks to win Thursday. I think the Suns are going to be jacked to play them in the in the rematch from the yeah. finals. So, yeah, I, I still think two and two would be a successful trip. Um, but they, they, they do feel like, just from watching, that they're – they're trending more in the direction I was hoping for a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we're the trade deadline is Thursday. We're about two weeks away, week and a half away from the All Star break, and that's kind of when you you really would like to be peaking as a as a contender. Um, and they are doing so. And I mean, when you look around the Eastern Conference right now, the Bucks are in the two seed uh, right now. As it stands, they would play Brooklyn in the first round. Brooklyn sits at the seven seed. So I've seen Brooklyn has not been doing great. Brooklyn, Boston, Charlotte, and Atlanta are your four playing teams right now. And wow. I mean, obviously, you know, Durant's been out. He's he's got a couple weeks yet till he comes back. Um, obviously, you got the Kyrie thing. Harden's been in and out of the lineup. There's some stuff going on with him. I mean, Atlanta was in the conference finals last year, and they're three games under 500 right now. Um, you know, Miami's a game ahead of the Bucks at the top. Uh, Bucks are a half game ahead of the Bulls and the Cavs, one full game ahead of Philly, and then all of a sudden here comes the Raptors in the sixth seed, sitting four and a half games out of the one seed. So it's pretty jammed up in the East. Um, but we are getting to the trade deadline, and there was a Bucks trade rumor yesterday. I, I sent you something as soon as I mm-hmm. saw it today. Um, the rumor is the Bucks offered Dante DiVincenzo to Boston for Dennis Schroeder who played for Bud in Atlanta for a couple years. I remember that name. um, Was on the Lakers for a couple years, and this year is on Boston. Boston's not really going anywhere this year. They're looking to shed some money. Um, Schroeder's in the last year. I believe he's in the last year of his deal. 
Um, and I talked a little bit about DiVincenzo last week. His contract, mm-hmm. he's up for an extension. The Bucks had, you know, he turned down some money at the beginning of the year. He hasn't played particularly well since he's been back. And the Bucks are kind of redundant at the two-guard spot. So this is an interesting deal. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I, I'm not going to do a cartwheel if they do it. I'm not going to be pissed if they don't. Um I don't know. We'll we'll wait to see. It sounds like the holdup right now. The Bucks want Grant Williams to be included with Schroeder in the deal. Grant Williams is, uh, I guess you'd call him a, a a small power forward. He's only about six five six six. Um, definitely a, a you know a small role bench guy, but just kind of another body that the Bucks could use right now. But I'm not sure Boston's going to want to give him up. So I think you know we're still not sure what's going on with Lopez. He's right. he's on the trip. He is on the trip because his doctor I is in that. LA, so he's out there with them. Don't really know what that means um, as far as him coming back. But I think if the if in the next you know thirty hours the Bucks don't make a trade for a big guy, they will be active in the buyout market. The buyout market always will. It's you know it's kind of like the the old trade market in baseball. Uh, what the, the waiver the waiver oh, wire the waiver basically wire. the same kind of deal yep. where you know if if Charlotte decides ah we don't want to pay Mason Plumley this you know we don't need him we're just going to pay him ten million bucks to go away somebody like that could be a guy the Bucks or any contender could bring in so I still think that that's a distinct okay. possibility um, and then there are a lot of other things that are starting to um, kind of percolate I saw a couple of trades today. Uh, the one with Portland and, and 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 the Pelicans. I didn't see the one with the Kings and the Pacers, but um, trade deadline is when? Uh, Thursday at like 2 o'clock our so, time. So in like two days? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so no wonder a lot of this stuff is starting to kind of get going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of players moved in these two trades. Yeah, the first one that happened the other the day was Karis LeVert uh, was traded from the Pacers to the Cavs for – I think some second-round picks, something like that. Nice pickup for Cleveland. He can score a little bit. Um, the first one that happened today, uh, C.J. McCollum has been rumored to be moved for the last couple years from Portland. Um, he was finally traded today along with Larry Nance Jr., former Buck Tony Snell, to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, and Thomas Sadoransky, and the kill Alexander Walker. Um, interesting trade. For the Pelicans, um, C.J. McCollum's a nice player, but I don't know what that really does for them short-term. I mean, they're kind of flirting with the uh, play-in round right now. Zion hasn't even played a game. Nobody knows any idea when he's going to come back, if he even comes back this year. Um, so kind of that, that, kind of an interesting trade. The shocker of the day was... Um, Indiana sending Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Um, a lot of people around the league were a little upset about this trade from what I read. Um, the Kings had told some teams that Halliburton and Heald were not on the table, and then they turn around and trade them in a trade that pretty much everybody would say the Kings lost. That's what I, I mean, I don't know much about much, but I would say that would favor Indiana. I mean, Buddy Heald is a 40% three-point shooter, and Tyrese Halberton is in the second year of his rookie contract where he's not making any money, and it appears to be a guy that 
I'm not sure. I I think he I think he could be like a Middleton level guy. Okay, where like he could make a couple All Star teams. Yeah. I, I, he's not a superstar, but he's a, a I mean, what he's he's 21. I mean, it's a guy you could build around for a long time. And the the Kings to trade him for Sabonis, who I like him, but he makes a lot of money and he's like 29. So, and the Kings suck. So like they have, I don't think they made the playoffs since oh four when they you, whenever they traded when, Weber when was Sacramento good when they had Weber when they had Weber and Stojakovic oh that's a long time that ago. was early two thousand so it's it's been a while for them so then obviously the big one everybody's been talking about are the Nets going to trade James Harden to the Sixers for Ben Simmons um, I don't think that's going to happen because. I just don't think it would help either team immediately right now. Like, I don't even know, is Ben Simmons ready to play? Is he going to need two, three weeks to ramp up? That's what Wilbon was saying the other day on PTI. Like, he did. He just like, not, he, are you just, doesn't see that did, happening If that trade happens tomorrow, is he playing in Brooklyn in, in on Saturday? Like, I, I have a hard time believing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Harden, his game has declined. And he's up for a contract extension in the neighborhood of $50 million a year. And I don't think Brooklyn wants to pay that. I don't know why Philadelphia would want to pay that, although they are a little desperate with Embiid. But um, I'd be surprised if it happened. We'll see. But I don't, I don't know that either team in the short term is going to benefit from that one. Um, one other note, Bradley Beal, done for the year, wrist surgery. God, I saw I saw the name of the injury on the wrist, and it's not it's a medical thing that yeah. I have never heard of I before. mean, the Wizards started out really hot this year, um, and then he was thrown into a lot of trade discussions here um, up until this week. He's done for the year. Something kind of cool. Um, kid named Michael Foster, who a couple of years ago played at Milwaukee, Washington. And after his sophomore year at Washington, he left and went to Arizona to play in a couple, play at a prep school for a couple of years. Was a McDonald's All American last year, out of high school, and decided he wasn't going to go to college. Um, so he went pro, and he's on the um, the G League, basically the G League high school guy that didn't go to college team. It's called the G League Ignite. Well, he, that team is going to be playing against another G League team in the next-gen game on All-Star Weekend. So um, he's averaging, I think I saw, he's averaging like 15 points and 7 rebounds. Kid's really impressive. He's about 6'9", 6'10", um, kind of a wing player, a little bit similar to like uh, what Patrick Baldwin okay. is for UWM. Mm-hmm. Um so he's going to be a first round pick next year. So that'd be kind of that's interesting. Something kind of cool to watch. Right. You know, I think those games that'll probably be like you know Saturday afternoon before the dunk contest or something. But if you know people are sitting around and that game comes on, check out this kid because he's he's from Milwaukee. So and when is All Star Weekend? It's it's in two three. I think it's in two weeks. Let okay. me oh, go ahead. Let me double check that real quick. Uh, looks like it is the weekend of the 19th, so a week from this week. A week from Saturday okay. would be All-Star so, Saturday so, so right after the, the weekend after the Super Bowl. Right? And then one piece of sad news. Okay. Today, I think it's today. It's either today or yesterday. 
is the 18th and 18 year anniversary of the worst trade in uh, Wisconsin sports history, which was the day that Herb Cole decided to trade Ray Allen for an old disgruntled Gary Payton. Oh, and pretty much set the franchise into Back. the dark ages for basically a decade until they got Giannis. <laughs> you know, they had their one little blip with Jennings and Bogut that one year until Bogut's arm fell off. Um, but until other than that, it was when Giannis came. So that was that was a very very dark day as a Buck wow. Fan. I didn't because we all knew that Peyton was not going to stay, and that 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 run of Big Dog Ray and Sam was it was over. So boy, that is that is a dark day for yeah. Bucks fans. Yeah, it was. Wow. Okay. All right, you got anything else on the NBA? Nope. All I think right, that pretty much covers uh, it. We can wrap with some with some college hoops. Um, Badgers are in action right now. They're in the, they're almost halfway through the second half. They are beating uh, Michigan State um, in East Lansing. Last time they won, I think I read was twenty twenty, right around Christmas, and they, I think they were ranked ninth, and they got a nine or eighth, and they got an eight, a nine point win. Um, so they're up. And you, you had texted me after the or during the game against Penn State. I was on on a date night with Jane. We were down in Beloit. At a restaurant um, down there, and they had they had the Badger game on, and we were watching. And I was just just beside myself when your text came in, and he, you sent me the box score, and I was like, "Dude, this is this is atrocious." Eighteen to thirteen at half. It's horrible. It's a, it was like a girls' high like school a, game that we just yeah, did. Yeah, it's ho- just awful, awful. Um, and that was after. Uh, Wisconsin. Who did they? Who did they lose to? And they were three for twenty-four from three. Illinois. Right? Oh my God. Yep. Where you know, we had talked about, you know, I mean, it's your boy, the Cockburn. <laughs> but yeah, it's it was just ugly. Uh, the Badgers. I found out this morning are the worst three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have not done very well. I didn't realize that Rutgers beat the shit out of Michigan State on Saturday. Yeah, Rutgers isn't terrible. They're, they beat them by twenty one. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a. I would never have expected that. And it, I mean, reading comments from Izzo this morning, he just was like, "That was just an ass kicking." Yeah, pure and simple. They well, had us. And Michigan State played a little over their head at the call a couple of weeks ago. I mm-hmm. mean, they beat the hell out of the Badgers yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they did. They didn't have Tyler Wall that game, so clearly, I would assume he's making a difference tonight. Um, but yeah, they they haven't they haven't played that that well. No, as of late. No, I mean, still ranked 14, 18 and four, nine and three in the conference, tied for second with Purdue. But yeah, they're you know they've they've lost two out of their last five, but in their wins, the Penn State win, the Minnesota win, and there was one other one, maybe the Maryland game trickled in there. They they haven't played particularly well, or they've blown a lead, and they've kind of had to scramble late. Um, they're kind of going through a little bit of a lull. A win tonight would be really big for them to oh, to, sure. to kind of put them, put them on the right track here, going down the stretch, um, and you know give them a shot to to still win the conference. But yeah, the last couple games is a little, little shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little shaky. Johnny Davis's production has dipped, and. You know, I think there's that's twofold. I think he was playing a little over his head, a little not a lot, but a little over his head early on when he was having these thirty point games. And I talk about this to you all the time when we're doing these high school games. Second time through the league. So teams adjust. Teams adjust to what 
an individual player is doing. They adjust to what the offense is, how it's geared towards certain players. And, and he, you know, sa- he said that in his comments this morning in a couple actualities that I played. He, like, he knows teams are they're well aware of what he can do, yeah, and, and they can game plan Their for guys it. are on scholarship, too. Yeah, right. And, and their coaches get paid, too. So that that's kind of to be expected. I'm not sure, you know, he's obviously first team all Big 10. I'm not sure he's still player of the year that may end up going to Cockburn especially if Illinois wins the conference. Mm-hmm. Um but he's going to be in the mix still. But, you know, he was getting some national player of the year talk. I I think that that ship has sailed. Could be in the first team all American range. Uh but I don't think, think, you know, the Badgers have kind of come back a little bit team wise and his production dipping down. I think that that ship might have sailed. Do you think that makes a difference on whether or not he he stays, or you think he's gone regardless? I don't think so. I think he's. I think if you're, um, I think if you're a top ten pick, and I I I haven't looked at um, any of the high school kids because that rule is changing. I think it might be changing this year where the high school kids can come out. Don't quote me on that, but it, I think if he's a top ten pick, he he's got to go, and I don't see any reason why right now. He's not. I mean, his play has slipped a little bit, but a lot of the really good things he does aren't necessarily points related. Mm-hmm. Still rebounding, still defending, still being a, a factor in the game. So I think okay. he's okay. Marquette's in a tussle right now with uh, with UConn, which I I guess I didn't realize how good the Huskies were. I know they beat him in Milwaukee, um, but Marquette has six wins. This year over top 25 teams. Most in the country, I believe. That sounds right um, because they've been playing really well. I think they've won, what, eight out of their last nine, Mm -hmm. um, something like that. But UConn's giving them some problems, and that's a road game, obviously. It's a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup. We were watching a little bit before we came on, and UConn is really – well, they're really big and they're really lanky. And Marquette's got a couple of smaller guards. Colex only 6'1". Cam Jones is like 6'2". So that's been a little bit of an issue for them in, in this matchup. But, yeah, UConn's right. You know, Marquette's 16-7, and seven, 18th in the country, 8-4 and four in the Big East in third place. UConn's right behind them. I think UConn's 6-4. and four. They just haven't played as many games. I think they had a little pause or a couple games canceled. So, um, yeah, uh, you got that one tonight at Butler on Saturday. Butler's not very good. They're they're down toward the bottom. I mean, I looked at the schedule. They got Butler twice. They still got Georgetown, who hasn't won a game in the conference. Oh my God. They still got DePaul one more time. Is Ewing still at Georgetown? Yeah. Um. So they the Marquette schedule here on the back end is a little favorable. They got a chance to, um, certainly get over the twenty win plateau in yeah. the regular season, which I think would be phenomenal run, for them. Run it up a little. bit. I really do. Okay. Um. I I just. I continue to be really impressed with Shaka Smart. I mean, I, you know, it, it was one of those things when they hired him, you know, it, it it's it's a buzz name, a buzzworthy name. He's got a little pedigree, a little tournament pedigree. Um, but I wasn't sure because, you know, with Wojo, like Wojo could get in any living room in America because – you you, you knew game. you knew who Wojo was exactly. from his playing time, yep. and you knew that he had been on Coach K's staff for twenty years, um, and then he was repping Duke. Well, when he came to Marquette, he brought a lot of that with him. I mean, he got Henry Ellenson, he got the Housers, he got Marcus Howard, um, so he had that recruiting cachet. It just wasn't translating to the games, 
And then you started to see the exodus of these guys leaving and transferring and going and having success elsewhere. So I was a little apprehensive with Shaka, but if you look at his history, and I, I brought up last week, I think that he hasn't won a tournament game since the year he went to the Final Four, which was like 2011. But when he was at VCU, he put a couple guys in the pros, which is a little bit above where VCU, VCU should, be, should be. Absolutely. When he went to Texas... He had pretty good teams, but he had really good players, and he had some lottery picks. Um, so I think he may be able to bring that to Milwaukee in Marquette as well. But what I've been impressed with is the on-floor stuff. This team plays a lot harder. They play a lot smarter than the teams of the last couple years under Wojo. I think he relates really well to guys. He's very animated. He's up and down the sidelines and jumping around and – and where Wojo seemed more panicky, I guess is the word, Shaka just seems more into it. And um, I don't know. It, it's been fun to watch, man. I, I'm, you know, I, I think, and I, I say this obviously as a Marquette fan to kind of poke the Badgers, but at the same time not. <laughs> the Badgers should be a little concerned, I think, with their in-state recruiting going forward with Shaka Smart, the coach of Marquette. Um, the Badgers, obviously, you know, they couldn't get Ellenson. They couldn't get Stone. They couldn't get Hero. They couldn't get Baldwin. They couldn't get Jalen Johnson. And I know Badger fans would say, well, those guys are one-and-dunners. We didn't want them anyway. That's a load of bullshit. You were recruiting every single one of those guys until the 11th hour. And Wojo was beating you. I think Shaka Smart has the opportunity to do that as well. And I think he also is going to recognize how much talent is still in Milwaukee. That's a the Badgers have never fully tapped the Milwaukee area like they should have. They did it a little bit here and there with some suburb guys. There's still a lot of guys in the city conference that are playing on bad, bad teams. They have a ton of talent. Um that Lyric Davis kid, um, that goes to Milwaukee Tech. They stink, but that guy is a freaking phenom. I'm not sure where he's going yet, um, but he's a big time recruit. So, I, I, you know, like I've said, I've said it over and over. I am really enjoying this season. We've got two teams in the top 20 in Wisconsin and Marquette, 50 minutes away from each other. That's pretty cool. There's not a lot of states anymore that have that. I mean, shit. North Carolina's on the bubble to get into the tournament. I can't even believe you know? that. I mean, so it's it, we should enjoy this. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people like, you know, one of my buddies, I still hate guard. It's like, dude, look who you are, man. You're the you're the Wisconsin Badgers, you're not Duke, you're not UCLA, you're not Kansas. What like, do you expect people to rise this is to? It's pretty goddamn good. Right. And same thing with Marquette, man. Like if Marquette and the Badgers are both competing to win their league, that should be all we can ask for. To me, you just have to realize where the bar is. I mean, people, you know, you think because you get to the Final Four of the championship game one year, you expect to be back consistently. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think with the turnover in players and recruiting and, you know, how other teams keep building up, that's just not that's just not how that works. And I think it's extremely reasonable for Badger and Marquette fans to both expect their programs to make the tournament every sure, year. For sure. But to That's a good bar. To expect year after year elite eight Final or four. deeper yeah. runs. No, that's not who that's not who these programs right. are. 
Right. You and, know, we we talk about that with Badger football. Yeah. If if you're fine, you know, kind of battling for the West Division to get into the Big Ten title game and getting the shit knocked out of you by Michigan or or Ohio State, that's kind of where you are. If you're lucky enough to pull one off, or those guys go to yeah, you, you know, have a year the, the playoff, then yep. you get a bid to the Rose Bowl, and everybody likes going to Pasadena, mm-hmm. and life is good. Yeah, and the Badgers you know? and Marquette could both have a year where they get to a Final Four again. But, you know, to to believe that, okay, now we've turned the corner. I mean, the Badgers should know this because it's already happened. Right. You made the national championship game, what, seven years ago, and you've been a good program ever since. You were good before it. You're good after it. It didn't make you great. Right. And that's not a knock on the program. It's just fact. You're not Michigan State. You're not Kansas. You're not Kentucky. Neither is Marquette. Marquette's not, you know, the Badgers will never be what a Michigan State or a Michigan is in the Big Ten. They can win, or even in Illinois, they can win some Big Ten titles, but those schools are basketball factories. For the same way that Marquette will never be Villanova. They won't. Villanova's a factory. They might have a year like this year where they're not as great, but when they're great, they're like the best in the country. As long as the coach stays there. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's just how that that will work. You have been looking into possibly getting some session tickets yeah. at, at the Fiserv. My and, buddy Chance has got some tickets, so I think we we may go. And and you and I were talking on one of our road trips about, uh, I think it might have been Friday night or Saturday night or whatever it was when we got pulled over. Um, so you think there's a good chance that the Badgers will be there? But, okay, so, like, I, I don't know how the bracketology stuff works. Why would you not work to put the hometown team in there rather than the home well, than a home state team because it's their home court and I, and, I think that's and the you reason. just don't do it yeah I think that's the I reason see. you know they've rewarded over the years you know they have a re, uh if they have something in Greensboro you know Duke will play in Greensboro or North Carolina if they're a one seed would play in Greensboro so they'll do stuff like that but yeah playing on your home your, court at your home court yeah okay um they actually, the Badgers were actually down a seed line today. Okay. They had them four, and they had them shipped out west, which was interesting, to play South Dakota State in the first round. Um, so not in Milwaukee. And they had Marquette up a seed line to the five in the east, playing the winner of the Florida-San Diego State play-in game. That I don't like. I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like having to play a power... Uh, a power school like that in the first round in a five twelve that's a tough that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Again, these are just kind of Lenardi throwing matchups at the wall. Right. But I did find it interesting that they moved the that he moved the Badgers out of Milwaukee because um if they're a top four seed, I don't know why they wouldn't play there. Right. But we'll see. And okay. and and like I said, North Carolina man on the bubble. They That's unbelievable to me. Coach K's last trip to Chapel Hill last week and I mean, they put a freaking hurting on the Tar Heels. So, how you would want to go out then, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> With that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um All right. And uh, do, do you have a baseball note down yeah, there? Yeah, one, one one note. It was, um it, it, it was nice to mention that this week. Pretty cool. Yes. The Brewers have hired Ricky Weeks and Brewer Killer Pedro Alvarez, um, I don't remember exactly what their titles were. They're like player development something or yep. others. Um, 
interesting. Pedro Alvarez, who was on the Pirates, most you know, he played the last, you know, up until a few years ago. Pretty good player. Um, he's uh, Murphy, uh, the bench coach, Pat Murphy. Mm-hmm. He's Pat Murphy's son-in-law. Really? Yeah. I, that, I interesting. That's random. Yeah. Right. Okay. I read that. And I was like, oh, that's. Interesting. He wouldn't have pegged that, but I suppose. Really happy for Ricky. I remember when he was in the booth a couple of, uh, I think this year, he expressed some interest in wanting to get back and co- wanting cool. to coach and wanting to be involved with the Brewers. And, um, yeah, I think that's very cool. I, 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 I like when teams bring back their, I mean, you know, I, I, I would call Ricky Weeks a Brewer legend. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. I like that Schroeder calls the games. I like that Yount and Milder come around, Cooper, Gorman. Um, you know, with the Bucks, I like Marcus being back. I liked when Sidney was a coach. You know, uh, Vin Baker, Darvin Ham, current <laughs> coaches winning championship rings. I think that's cool as shit. And um, so I, I'm happy for, for Brewer fans that all really like Ricky Weeks, and I'm happy to have him back in the fold. All right, it doesn't look good for the lockout. I know Liz talked about it this morning. Um, you know, she, as as most, I think, people that are monitoring the situation, they basically, it's, you know, the players are willing to give up a lot to try and go play, and the owners just aren't budging. Um, I think that's kind of the consensus out there. But, you know, Liz also talked about the perception problem, and I thought she brought up a good point with, you know, you've got, you know, one of your your main spokespeople is Max Scherzer, a multi-million dollar contract earning type of guy, and he's speaking for the guys that are just trying to earn an everyday living. Yeah, he's speaking for Manny Pena. And those players' salaries have consistently gone down. And dur- they're and they're shorter term. During the last few years. And they're years. less guaranteed. So well, it's, not it's less like, guaranteed, but less you know what I mean. How do you know what I need? Like, you and I can't communicate on that sort of level because we're in a different place on the field mm-hmm. and, and, and contractually. So how are you able to speak for me and what I need to do to get fulfilled? Yeah, that's a tough you know, one. I, I think that's... That's a tough one. You know, I think you you probably need a couple of different people at different layers to kind of, you know, run the run the gambit of, you know, well, I'm speaking for these people. You could speak for... For for the multi million dollar contract guys, I'm I'm speaking for the people who are just trying to make the minimum to stay in the league mm-hmm. and you know earn a spot on the team. You know what is Max Scherzer doing for me? Not much, right? Not much. Well, it's an it's an interesting spot too with the owners because like, in some ways, I have no sympathy for a guy. I mean, let's let's even let's even just take the Brewers. Let's even just take Atanasio. I don't feel bad for Mark Atanasio that he has to pay Christian Yelich $180 million over the next nine years. He didn't have to sign him. He could have, he, you know, maybe try to sign him to a five-year deal. But that, then the flip side is the players want that long-term deal because it's all guaranteed money. Right. So if you say, well, how about let's say that you can only have a five-year deal like they do in the NBA. Well, what's that going to do? Is that going to turn it into AAU baseball? Where these guys all of a sudden now, because they're on shorter term contracts and maybe have more leverage, and they're getting, you know, I mean, you know, it's one of the things in the NBA, like like what I brought up with Harden. Harden's eligible for his third max contract at the end of this year. 
Those guys in other sports are looking at that like like a football guy is going, I can't get paid till I'm 28. Baseball guy, I can't get paid till I'm 27, 28, 29. And, and these guys are already on their, you know, Giannis is going to get a third max deal from the Bucks or or somebody, An most offer, likely the yes, Bucks. Right. You know, where these baseball guys don't get that. So I see both sides of that when it comes to the money. Um, but, yeah, it, it – it's almost like, do you want your player rep to be your highest paid guy? Is, is, yeah, is that really in the best interest of everybody else? Mm-hmm. You know? And Because that guy can survive three months of not getting paid, where the Luke Maley, who's one. making 450 a year, can he survive, you know, Forty percent of that money not getting paid to him, and it's really it's really tough for me to see the big picture when the union complains about you know um, not getting their dues when all we see are these mega max contracts keep going through the roof like the top end keeps right. going up and the bottom end keeps going down, yep. but yet the union will maintain well we need <laughs> more top dollar for those people and you know he can't afford to take any less because of you know, what the value is and blah, blah, blah. Well, where the guy down there getting tiddlywinks is going like, well, there's, there's what, no what, middle class. What, right. That, that's that's really what it is. Everything I mean, is wide. We, you've got the superstar tier where, you know, Trout and Otani and Kershaw and these guys are making 40, 45 a year. And then, yeah, you got Keston Hira who's making $2 million and and that's on the high side because he was a first-round pick. You know, I mean, I, I was – I was talking to a guy at work today. We were talking about the Brewers, and and we were, you know, laughing about Yelich's contract. And I said, well, I said, enjoy this year with uh, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, and Hayter all on the same team because it's probably the last year. Because they've already signed Peralta. You're going to either have to trade or give a probably the biggest contract ever to a closer to keep Hayter. Which I don't. And... Burr's just won the freaking Cy Young, and Woodruff ain't no damn slouch. And this is, this, and you're paying a guy to play left field right now who didn't even well. have more homers than Rowdy Tellez last year, and Rowdy only played half the year. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't a this isn't a franchise that likes to throw money around. They throw it around like manhole covers, but that's kind of because they have to, you know. And that's the inequity of baseball. That's a whole other discussion. But I don't know, man. I, I all I know is that pitchers and catchers should be in Arizona right now and in Florida and they're not. Uh the earliest that I saw they were coming in to officially report was on Sunday and Monday mm-hmm. for next week. So I will yeah, I don't see baseball I don't see going to opening day that no that last week of March, no. first week of April this year. No, I it's weird because we we've been getting emails from the Brewers Radio Network. Hey, here's the here's the year's game formats and here's the spring training broadcast schedule and what and I'm just just light it on fire. <laughs> like I wanted to email him back. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. You realize what's happening out there right now. Like, I'm glad that you guys are planning for this stuff. I suppose you got to, right? You got to. But like just to make no mention of just keep this in your back pocket or put it in your save folder just in case you need it because chances are you won't. Well, and you know what? As a baseball fan, like, you had a 60-game season two years ago because of the pandemic, and I don't think anybody really missed it that much. And then he came back last year, and it was fine. 
and now your possibility of uh, of a labor stoppage. I don't know how much people are going to really care. Right. The diehards will always care. It's yeah, the casuals but... that go, eh, I'll just go on my boat that day. I'll go fishing that day, you know? To do something else. All right, that is the intentional foul for this week. We got a good hour and 15 yeah. out of that. Um, Super Bowl this weekend. We'll be back uh, next week, and we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk some, some uh, basketball playoffs at the high school yeah. level because the girls' bracket gets released on Monday, and then the boys are the next week. Um, I'm not sure if that'll bore people to tears or if they'll be interested, but we'll our, we'll do it anyway. Uh, our season is getting, our damn show. getting close to wrapping up. So <laughs> thank you for listening, downloading. Please subscribe. Please spread the word about us. We would appreciate that. So uh, we appreciate you. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you then. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Stop driving like a maniac, Josh. <laughs> Go Bucks.